Welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, a podcast from the Orange Students team. Our mission is to help you, the youth leader, influence the next generation. And we do that through this podcast, other resources, and our weekly curriculum, XP3. If you'd like to learn more, check out orangestudents.com. But for now, let's get started with this week's episode. Hey, everybody. I'm Sarah, and today I'm thrilled to be joined by Ashley. Hey! Tyler and Rodney. Glad to be here. And today we're going to be asking the question, why you need to market your youth ministry. And for today's guest, Ashley, you are regular on the podcast. So our listeners probably know you very well already. Tyler, you've been on with us a couple of times before and you kind of bring your expertise to this topic because you work on our social media guides and you research into student culture. So you're like totally in the know. This is great. Totally in the know. Totally in the know. We're counting on you. He knows everything. <laughs> Either that or somebody sent me an email to be on this and it wasn't <laughs> supposed no to go to me. <laughs> but this is Rodney's first time appearance on the podcast. And depending on how today goes, maybe your last. Could be my last know. time. <laughs> yeah. But so, uh, the special treat, Rodney isn't just an expert in marketing. He's also my husband. I am. Thankfully. So, welcome. Thank you. It's so good to glad be here. to have you. So tell us a little bit about why, what you bring to the table. Well, I don't know how much I bring to the table, but I've been in ministry (laughs) a long time, and I've spent the last uh, two years um, working on marketing and rebranding singles ministry here in Atlanta, so been working kind of in the weeds as far as marketing and communication and why it's important, so you guys asked me to come, so hopefully... Yeah. I'll be able to contribute something. You've spent about 10 years in youth ministry, 20 years in ministry in total, and so you've kind of seen some of this play out. And For sure. Yeah. yeah. And I've watched a lot of people do it really well and watched the church do some things not so well in this area, and hopefully yeah. we can help everybody do better. Yeah. Well, with that being said, I think I, the, the best way to start is to just kind of talk about why marketing even matters in youth ministry. Like this seems like an idea that doesn't really go together. You don't really go into ministry thinking that you're going to have to market something. So what are we talking about when we're talking about marketing in youth ministry? When I was sort of told what, what this topic was going to be, the, the first thing that popped into my head was, I don't know if we use that term marketing super frequently in the church. Yeah. And so it kind of like, it, it first it first asked the question of, well, like, why? Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because I think, I think we're more comfortable with some terms like communication. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you really want to branch it there, marketing kind of under the, the idea of evangelism. Okay, um, yeah. Of... Do, do we say marketing or do we say some other things when we talk about, but we're really talking how, about the we, same idea. how we say what we say? Yeah. yeah. Well, it seems to me that marketing kind of has like slimy connotations attached to it. When you hear that word, you think someone's trying to like sell you something or like a slick salesman kind of idea. And I just, maybe it's that we don't like the idea of thinking about marketing in those terms and Jesus. Yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's not what we're talking about. We don't want it to be like a slick kind of car salesman. No, but it does. It feels businessy. I mean, you get a degree yeah. in marketing. Yeah. I mean, that you go to do that and to sell people something. But when you think about the church and marketing, it gets, you nailed it, it gets a slimy connotation to it. But really, is if you think about it just in terms of messaging, I love, uh, Seth Godin always talks about how marketing is generously helping people solve a problem. Well, that's good. And I love that because yeah. that's what we're doing as the church. We see problems out in the world and we are generously trying to help them do that. And one of the best ways to help people is we've got to get a message out somehow. And I think evangelism yeah. is a, kind of a great word that you use, Tyler. Yeah. I think it's an interesting point. We're doing it already. We're just not yeah, calling doing it, that. it already. I think the way I refer to it as more like storytelling or mm-hmm. networking or yeah. in, like engaging people yeah. than using the word marketing. Right. I think that definitely isn't a normal word in the church world. Right. 
and I think that's I think it's weird that we we don't use that word somewhat because I think youth ministers are especially some of the best marketers because they believe in what they're doing that's and they want to tell people about it. That yeah. actually positions them as as really the, the kind of best because that, that's totally different than. Hey, I'm trying to get you to buy this, and I'm not really sure if I believe and it. And I don't really myself. believe in the product either. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You you actually have something that you, you you're confident about, yeah. and you want somebody else to know, which puts you in a really good position to be at the forefront of this conversation and to be really actually yeah. marketing and telling somebody and being generous with something yeah. just naturally. That's a great point. And I know Rodney, you mentioned that Seth Godin quote, which I I know you've read that book, and I think a lot of us in the organization have read it. But Seth Godin's book, This Is Marketing, yeah, was a super insightful tool on kind of how to reframe how you see the word marketing. And instead of it being this sales pitch, more of like, I believe so deeply in something, I want you to experience it Mm -hmm. like I have. And then, and once you see it that way, I think it feels less slimy. Yeah. When you look, think about anybody that's on the other side of your messaging, wherever that messaging is going to be, whether Mm -hmm. that's on the stage, whether that's on an email, whether Mm -hmm. that's in a social post, when you begin to think about the fact that on the other side of every piece of your communication is a potential life-changing decision that someone could make, mm-hmm. it makes your messaging mm-hmm. super important. Right. Because if there's a life potential life-changing decision they're going to make to show up to something, to come to your event, to give to something, to be to accept an invitation, you want them to say yes mm-hmm. to whatever it is you're inviting them to. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, people's decision to say yes is going to rely on the marketing and the type of communication mm-hmm. and the type of words that you use. So it really is super important when you think about it that yeah. way. I think where the the mindset of marketing feels slimy mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. is it, it almost feels manipulative. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to ministry or like spirituality, it's so easy to feel like I'm trying to manipulate them to do something or right. show up somewhere. So I, I understand like yeah. the inner tension yeah. Like what should be drawing them? Okay. Well, I, I can imagine that some pushback to this idea might be, isn't the gospel itself compelling? Like, why do we have to try to market the gospel when the gospel itself should be the message, right? So what would you say to someone who's potentially feeling like that's not really my job when the gospel itself should be selling itself? Well, I think the gospel is compelling in and of itself, but you still have to have a medium right. to get that message out. And when you look at marketing, that is where most people live their lives right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, the world's totally changed. Everybody's on digital platforms all the time. Students are on their phones all the time. Why would we not want to leverage the communication platform that people are on for the gospel? Mm-hmm. I just yeah. think it's it makes so much sense to mm-hmm. us, to to me, to not, if we're not adopting this, yeah. it seems like we've just gone backwards in the way that we're trying An to influence. get the gospel out. Yes. Yeah. I like what you said, that it's just the medium in which we're getting the gospel out in front of people. I think that's yeah, that's, that's the good. difference is it's not that we're saying the gospel isn't attractive enough. Right. It's we're using social media or whatever marketing tools to basically put the gospel on display for right. people to be attracted to. Yeah. Paul would be using email and Instagram. He totally would. Well, and- <laughs> so if, that, if that's the question, who, who would be using MySpace? Which of... But what is so unique about it too is it it allows us to go out into where people are rather than waiting for them to come come. to us. Yeah, Yeah. that's good. And and my my tension that would would you I, I totally agree with what you're saying. My tension is some of that feels unspiritual. 
when yeah, you're when you're debating, okay, should we use Instagram or Facebook? Like, yeah. you can't really find a Bible verse to like back up <laughs> back up your choice. Yeah. But um, if you kind of use use wisdom and the, the kind of the, the study and the insights God's given you, there's a yeah. there's a lot of information out there on what what students are responding to. So right. really, it's just jumping into some content that that might not feel spiritual, but is going to have spiritual results. Right. If well, you can question. pursue that path, it's kind of like when Jesus would give a lesson through a parable. He uh-huh. would use something that they understood. Right. Like yeah. the people that he was talking to. It's kind of like that. Yeah. And we make unspiritual, quote unquote, decisions all the time in terms of physical environments where when are we going to have our youth ministry? When's the event going to be? Is it going to be on this night? Is it going to be on Wednesday night? Is it going to be on Sunday morning? And we make those decisions based upon what we think is going to be the most effective use of yeah. our time and going to get the most kids to whatever event you're trying to get them to. Yeah. The online environments, it's the same thing. We need to make decisions about what mediums we're going to use, how we're going to use them, how often we're going to use them. It really is no different than the physical environment, but it feels different to us. And it's new. I mean, we're the first generation that's trying to figure out how to do youth ministry using digital platforms. And Mm -hmm. so it says it feels like we're kind of in uncharted territory. Yeah, it, it forces it. You're right. It forces you to be a student of yeah. something that you you might not have necessarily signed up to be a student of. Right. With like with with social media, we're seeing like stories. Like you, sh- if you have an Instagram, stories are some of the best places to engage students. Mm-hmm. That wasn't necessarily true two or three years ago. Right. Right. So that's changed, and it's it's forced you to have to learn something and keep up with something. Yeah. And and that's why I think talking about this using language of, of marketing actually connects you to a, a greater community of people who are trying to figure out the same things. That's a good point um, too, yeah. To not necessarily shy away from that word because there's more tools available under that word. Yeah, the, the language and understanding yeah. in that in that field can actually be helpful yeah. to us in ministry. That's a good point. Okay, so that I think that's a great point because as a youth pastor, you go into youth ministry because you care about students. You didn't sign up for marketing. Like that's not what you got your degree in probably. Okay. So what should we be marketing? What does this look like in a youth ministry context? What are the different like modes for marketing? Are we simply talking about digital spaces or are we talking about what? Initially, I'd say the way we leverage social media. Okay. That's good. Yeah. That that feels like the number one, like when, when people think of marketing in ministry, that's that's where it goes with social media. So like my, my wonder is like, what, what else does that encompass too of, is, is that print related? Is that just digital? That's a good question. I mean, most of the marketing things I think of are all digital related. So emails, websites, and our, your social platforms. Okay. So I I don't know, because I feel like, yes, I know that that is probably the most relevant, but I feel like there's this like secondhand marketing stuff that happens where it's like through actual people. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you yeah. mean by that? Are you saying like word of mouth marketing almost? Word of mouth marketing or yeah. like what <laughs> quote brands you represent or yes. you kind of wave or a flag snap. for. Yeah. I, I Word of mouth marketing, there is no substitute for that. It's the most effective. Uh-huh. You just can't control it. Mm. So when we're talking about marketing for what our youth pastors can do, churches can do, what is in our hands to control? Yeah. And that's the messaging and that's the the felt need problems that we're trying to solve yeah. for people. But we can't, we hope that those will lead to people talking about them. Because if we're only talking about ourselves and what we can do for people, that's not effective. It has to go to word of mouth. But I don't know if we can control that. 
You're right. There's, there's some things we can control and there's some things we can't control, but I think we already try to do some things that lend, lend itself to word of mouth marketing of youth ministry is really good at putting on these crazy games or Mm -hmm. these crazy events or we make really clever names for what we're doing. And I think, I think that's all under the umbrella of, we are trying to, uh, create kind of some, some attractional elements that, that students would go to their friend and say, Hey, I'm going to, you know, big tower of terror at, uh, I'm going to Disney world. Di- yeah. Like now where that is. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. That's a Disney world thing, but like, Oh my gosh, Copy there's going to be a Copy. slip and slide. Like that, that creates buzz that creates word of mouth. So that's something we're yeah. already doing. And if, if we could actually like, when we think of marketing and something like word of mouth, if we can attach ourselves more to that, I think it would actually influence us to, to make things even, even weirder because people might start talking about them, which It actually makes me think of the way we would recruit small group leaders and volunteers Uh in a ministry. It wasn't that we got the most involvement or interest when we would make a post like, hey, we need somebody to lead our seventh grade girls, you know, in a small group. It was always word of mouth. And that's always how we got the best volunteers. But I think it's the difference between spending your resources on pushing a message versus spending your resources on creating an experience that people will automatically talk about. Okay. So what would be the difference? What does that mean? No, I I know what you're saying. I think, because to go back on what I said earlier, I think we've done really well on the creating the experience and let people talk about it. But if we can accompany that with creating a better messaging to get more people to the experience so that more people talk about it, I think it just... Got it's yeah. one of the things yeah. that's going to add to it. Because you're right. I mean, word of mouth won't happen if the experience isn't great. Right. Your messaging, marketing, whatever, evangelism, it could be incredible. But if they show up to the slip and slide and it's not fun, <laughs> yeah. not they forgot talk about the it. dish soap. Right. <laughs> they're not going to talk about it yeah. to anybody. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. which is always, I mean, alongside of marketing, I always tell people, your events or whatever it is you're marketing, they still have to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Or no one's going to care what your messaging was. That's a good point. That's good. And Ashley, you brought up a good point too when you were talking about recruiting volunteers. It almost seems like there's a couple different lanes of marketing. You're marketing to students mm-hmm. who are coming to your event. You're marketing and how to recruit people to volunteer. And I think maybe even more so for middle school, you almost have to be marketing to parents. If they're not necess- if no. the kids aren't necessarily ha- on social media platforms yet, how are you marketing to a parent to make it look like this is something I want my kids to go to 100%. as well? 100%. And that would be kind of defining your audience yeah. of who, who are you talking to? Because each, like, I think part of that is recognizing each audience has different needs yes. of how you would talk to a student about getting them to come to your program. Uh-huh. It's totally different than how you would talk to a parent. Right. A, a student wants to know, like, are there going to be people like them there? Are they yeah. going to have fun? Like there, there's some questions that, that they want answered. A parent wants to know, are they going to learn something? Yeah. Is this a safe place for them? Yeah. Um, so once you, once you identify those audiences and actually to your point, like the, the small group leaders, they're, they're looking for something entirely different. So yeah. like keeping in mind those audiences is, is helpful as you start to segment which, which audience needs to hear what. Okay. So you're saying, if correct me if I'm wrong, that we're going to have several different audiences. And the, one of the first steps we need to do with marketing is to determine what our audiences are and what the most effective message is for those audiences. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. I think you have to know who you're marketing to. You've got to know your persona. Mm-hmm. When we send out a message to anybody, we're always asking the question, okay, who is this for? Uh-huh. And we go all the way down. How old are they going to be? What, um, okay, what are their felt good. needs? We start asking what keeps them up at night. Yeah. We ask these questions about who this audience is, who this message is going to. And 
what is going to get that person with something yeah. keeping them yeah. up at night? If it's a parent, if it's a small group leader, what are they thinking about? And how do we hit that felt need for them? It can't just be we're sending out a message that we're doing an event, which right. is what most marketing is for churches. Yeah. It's just look at us. We have a thing. Yeah. We have a thing going on and you're going to love it and you should show up. That's, yeah. that's the extent of marketing. But if we can think through the lens of this is a specific audience with a specific felt need, they have a problem that we can help them solve. Yeah. It is going to move people more in the direction of coming to the things that we want yeah. them to come yeah. to. Yeah. Which, which feels like a really big shift because I think yeah. where we naturally start out is how can I market something to fulfill my needs? Yes. Of how can I that's market something so point. my programming numbers go up yeah. or that I get more parents involved or that, that small groups multiply? Yeah. Which is really real for yeah. us because we we have these kind of tensions that as ministry leaders we feel, but but the shift that that happens is you start to realize that you can't use your needs to influence somebody else to do something potentially. Right. You, you might need to start talking in a way that they themselves feel compelled to do something because of what's in them, not because of a problem yeah. that's in you. Yeah, and so many youth pastors, they're already doing this. Yeah. Think about every message you put together for your Wednesday night or Sunday morning. You're thinking about what's yeah. the most effective way to get this message across. What's yeah. the easiest way to get their attention? Just taking those same skill sets and putting them on to your email, putting them onto a social post, putting them to anything that we're putting out yeah. there. The words we use in every medium, I think they really matter. I think yeah. they matter a lot. Um, Andy Stanley says all the time that you know words are the things that change the world. And if we think that way through every message, it's like, this has the potential to change someone else's world. Yeah. And we're going to, we need to put that much effort in, but it's hard. That's right. It just feels like, do I need to put this much effort into an email? Yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Well, Tyler, I want to go back to what you said, because I think um, that was really important. We're, we need to make the distinction between our needs versus the needs of our audience. And that we yeah. are maybe starting the marketing process four steps in. Or sooner than we should. We need to back up instead of saying, what do I need? Like, what's, what does our audience need? And then what am I going to do to meet that need? And ultimately that will help us later yeah. if they show up, but that it's, we're really kind of changing the objective there. I think that's important. Yeah. And that, and that comes back to de defining, defining your audience and defining their needs. That's, yeah. that's why like we, some of us who work here at Orange, we, we create phase specific curriculums because we know what a middle school needs is very different than yes. what a high school needs. Right. But the same way, like when you're, if you, if you're asked to go up on stage and talk about, um, getting some more volunteers for your program, it's a very different story of saying, Hey, we've got five openings mm -hmm. in, you know, um, iced coffee student ministry. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, I was just looking. <laughs> I was just looking at my iced coffee. But like, we've that got like a ministry I want to be a part of. <laughs> we, we've got this need here that we need to fill, and that, that's yeah. very different than, than kind of talking in a language that um, that they might resonate with. Of yeah. hey, you you might have had somebody influence your life really early on, and that changed things for you. Yeah. So we have an opportunity where you can actually give back to a student. Uh huh through our middle school ministry. Yeah. And we'd love for you to come check out what's going on and see if you, you that's something you might want to be mm. a part of. Mm. It's putting in language of themselves, yeah. not you and what you need. Yeah, that's really good. And I like the idea of story too, being the medium of communicating what we have to offer. Yeah. I was reading a study on uh, marketing to Gen Z mm -hmm. and the difference between marketing to millennials or mm -hmm. prior generations and marketing to Gen Z. And they were talking specifically in this, this study about how typically in the past it's been about like brand loyalty. Okay. And so it's been the consumer being loyal to a brand mm -hmm. and that somewhere along the way when you market to Gen Z, it's, not, it's mm. no longer brand loyalty. It's, is the brand loyal to me? 
Oh, interesting. Mm. Okay. Which has, they talked about the shift that has to happen in the way you market mm. to Gen Z being, it really has to be about showing that you are loyal to them yeah. and you are paying attention to their life rather than pushing information for them to pay attention to what yeah. you're doing. Yeah. It feels a little bit like, I feel like I've heard um, Donald Miller talk a little bit about marketing in that language kind of before, but this idea of making the audience or the consumer, whatever the hero, right? Like you aren't yeah. the hero of the story, but kind of making them out to be the person who can. It's like your event isn't the hero. It's the, that kid at your yes. event who's playing the, the game. Hero. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. the hero. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. And that, that, that brings up a really good question of a, a brand being loyal to you of like, I think this is something helpful to ask all of ourselves mm -hmm. of Rodney, you kind of defined early on, like Seth Godin kind of frames it as it's marketing is the generous act of helping someone solve a problem. Mm -hmm. So a, a question for all of us is how are we adding value? Mm -hmm. Because it, it's common for us to make asks with our marketing yeah. of come to this, do this, yeah. um, sign up for this. Uh, so a question is, how are you being generous? How are you yeah. adding value back to somebody, especially with a parent of uh, identify mm -hmm. what you're asking. If, if you're asking them to come to a parent night, that, that is an ask yeah. and you, you hope that's going to be helpful, but yeah. you are, you are asking something of them. So what, what does it look like to give something in addition to yeah. that of something that makes it really easy for them? And then you might have the buy-in for them to actually attend something yeah. like that. Well, I think that's a really good, um, point to make because I think there's probably a lot of student pastors listening, which I think this would probably be me if just thinking through these lens that I would have one audience in mind that like my, my student is my mission. Like that's it. I'm not thinking through what am I doing to be generous to my parents of the students or what am I doing to be generous to my volunteers who are giving one hour or two hours a week to help out. So to just think of not just generosity in terms of the students who are coming, but the people who are related to those students and their volunteers and uh -huh. families as well. And it's hard to know sometimes, and we haven't talked about this yet, but it's hard to know if your messaging is being effective because if you're going to send out messaging about an event or what you're doing, hopefully at some point along the way, and we may get to talk about this, you need to be measuring your effectiveness as, yeah. as yeah. a marketer. Yes. How, how do you know if your messaging is being effective? Well, you need to know how many people opened your emails. You need to know how many parents clicked on those emails. You yeah. need to know how many people actually signed up. And if you don't have a weekly way yeah. of measuring your effectiveness as a communicator, you're never going to get better. You're not going to know what messages are actually resonating with people on the other sides yeah. of their screens that you're sending yeah. to. So one of the events that I inherited at one of the churches I worked at mm -hmm. um, was considered an outreach event, and it had been going on for years. And, and everybody who was in the church knew about it. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea was invite your friends to come be part of this countywide scavenger hunt mm -hmm. called The Hunt. And it was so fun and everyone looked forward to it. But then when we got into the planning of it, we started asking the question, well, how many of the guests are coming? And Great question. it was never yeah. tracked through the history of the event. Oh, wow. And so that is such an- The like, outreach an, event. The outreach <laughs> event. It was <laughs> never tracked. And, and I'm not trying to slam yeah, it yeah. at all because, oh, man, I, I'm sitting here thinking about this conversation and I'm thinking how busy it is right. to be a youth worker. Right. And yeah. I'm thinking nobody's got time for Sunday's what- coming every we have, week. We live in a time yeah. where there has never been an easier way to get your message in front of people yeah. than right now. But there's also never been a time in history where marketing's required as much yes. effort and energy yeah. behind yeah. it. And so- I'm just thinking about that is like, we have to measure, like yeah. when we put a message out there and we have an event or something that students come to, are we measuring if it's even working? Right. It is so important because we just think the hours in the week, we all know we get those kids at most 
an hour and a half a week and not even, you know, to get maybe twice a month and maybe twice a month. Yeah. And we put so much effort into our physical environments for those kids to come that hour and a half or three hours each time a month. We've got to begin to rethink how we spend our time because yeah. we should spend as much in our online environments as our physical environments because that's where they're living the yeah. other 90% of yeah. the time. So we've got to think differently and measure how effective we're being where they are living all the time. Yeah. Well, and I think there probably needs to be some grace that we give ourselves and that figuring out that messaging is going to be some trial and error that yeah. I know like Rodney, you've yep. been doing a lot of this rebranding in your ministry and there's been a lot of three steps forward, two steps back and trying to figure out what is the most effective way to do this. Yeah. It's been really hard. Like I said, I've been doing just ministry week to week ministry for 20 years. And so mm-hmm. I've had to relearn how to do ministry the last year and a half. And mm-hmm. a lot of this has had to come through, you know, reading these marketing books and trying to figure out how to do things and knowing that every message we send out that I think is great, it may not be effective. So every one we send out, we actually test. We okay. A-B test every single email that we send out to see who is actually going to open the email. Okay, so, so can you unpack send, what that means practically? Yeah, so if we send out, uh, let's say we're going to send the email to 100 people, uh-huh. we send it to 40 first. Okay. And we send a subject line and a message to the first 20 and the subject line and a message to the second 20. And then we measure... And they're different. Yes, they're okay. different. The, the message may be the same in the bulk of the email, but what it looks like, we mm-hmm. know how you're going to click on an email where the subject line is attractive in some way, shape, yeah. or form. That's why we click on things. And so once we realize who had the higher open rate, that's the one we're going to send to okay. the other 60 people. Every email we send, we do that. That's awesome. We should do that with the name of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Which one gets the most downloaded? That's great. (laughs) (laughs) But I I think that 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 can be, that can be overwhelming for for a youth worker, but it's like, it can also be liberating of, it's overwhelming to kind of have to, have to do tests and have to kind of think, think through that lens. Um, but I think what we're saying is just kind of start just taking one step yeah. by just thinking through this lens of, is this working? Just start yeah. there because th- there could actually be good news of if you evaluate something and it's not working, you either get to change it or you get to stop doing it. Yeah. And so there are certain things that, that we probably could have liberty to stop doing if we were to actually take a look at whether these things are being effective to our goals yeah, or yeah. not. Um, otherwise, I think it, you're right. It, it causes us to take a really close look at, at what we're doing. Because once we start to track it, once we start to measure yeah. it, we actually see whether what we're talking about is working or not, depending on what we yeah. want out of it. Okay, so we, we talked a little bit about the different modes of marketing. We're saying social media platforms as well. May Rodney, you mentioned emails that would be going out to parents or whatever. So we're talking about what, Instagram, Facebook? Like, what, are we, what, kind, what would you encourage a youth pastor to do to start if they're just now stepping into the marketing world to market their youth ministry? What should they do? I think this is hard because it depends on age of the kids. Age of the kids, yeah. And it depends on, like, what what platform are they using most. Okay. I mean, according to research, it's YouTube okay, as the platform that is most used for, but this, that could be, for Gen Z. Yeah, yeah. But, again, how that do could you, change. So it, it's identifying what is the social media platform that most of your students mm-hmm. are on. Yeah, and, and what, there. what about their parents? And their parents. Because that's right. probably different. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, when when I just generally think of like everything that marketing might encompass for a ministry, I I I think of everywhere somebody might see or hear your message outside of your actual environment. So okay. that that means like you're you're right, Ashley. For students, like it's it's Instagram, or um, maybe for some of them, it's it's Facebook. For parents, it's definitely Facebook. Yeah. Um, but it might also be your church bulletin 
or the website, yeah. or when you're on stage doing announcements and talking about it, um, those all feel like avenues where yeah. you might be in front of somebody. So it's kind of asking yourself the question, where, where am I going to be showing up outside of my yeah. regular schedule program? And maybe, and keeping in mind that the message, how you would approach that message from the stage on a Sunday would be different than if you were going to buy a Facebook ad, right? So even yeah. taking into account your audience varying from people who are already kind of insiders versus people who have never heard of you before, but may be interested in attending. Yeah. yeah. I always tell people, I mean, your website is usually going to be one of the first places that someone's going to go to check you out before they go. Yeah. Yeah. That's a parent. I don't know if students are necessarily going to go there, but parents are going to show up yeah. there first. Yeah. Yeah. And your website better have a very clear felt need right away. And parents should know what you're about and what you're offering them within, you know, the first like eight or 10 seconds of your website yeah. to get I, them to come. I think that's a great point is uh -huh. this generation isn't going to go to a website. They're going to go to the, your social media channel. Yep. Parents are going to go to the website for sure. Yeah. No doubt. That's a good point. Yeah. And there's, there's something to consider there, especially when you're, when you're talking about a website, I, I think of, and this is a, a scary word, but like branding too, uh -huh. uh, when they, when they see you and your ministry, when they see something about it, like what, what does that trigger? Like yeah. part of, part of the thing about branding, like when you look at a website, what you automatically do is you associate it with other websites. Um, so the reason put, people put so much work into websites is because you want it to be clear and you want it to be associated with mm -hmm. the kind of things that you want to embody as a ministry of like, Hey, we're clear. Mm -hmm. Um, we are fun. We are creative. Mm -hmm. Or if you have a website that you haven't touched since 1992, right. people might associate it with an internet scam, which <laughs> whether we right. want or not is not what we want to be associated with. an irrelevant ministry. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so parents are doing that. Students are doing that too of when, when they look at your, your Instagram, they're, they're going to associate it with what they know of. Is it somebody kind of shouting them down, telling them to do yeah. something? Or is it somebody that's, that's trying to converse with them, engage yeah. them, use emojis, whatever that is. <laughs> okay. So it seems like along with identifying your audience, a good thing to do is to figure out what words you want each audience to kind of associate with your ministry. And then based off of those words, frame your message and the different social media platforms accordingly. Do you say that that's probably, I think in that's terms good. of first I mean, steps? You, knowing who your audience is, knowing the, and knowing the right words, that's going to motivate them mm -hmm. to, to move in your direction. And I'll, you know, I think it's always important to say, we have a tendency to put the words out there in marketing that we think are important, mm -hmm. um, but it's a better metric to think through which words are effective because mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of important words and there's a lot of important things we put on our website. So we just want people to know, but they're yeah. just not very effective in getting people to move. So important can't necessarily be the metric. It's got to be effective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you've got to kind of convince people that they, they want to know more too of what you're, what you're kind of trying to do is have them take one next step and you know, you can't get them to read two paragraphs, yeah. but you can get them to, to read one opening line. Yeah. So maybe work and make sure that line's really good so that they are compelled right. to take the next step. It almost kind of reminds me of this idea of uh, breaking down to smaller steps for marketing instead of just trying to do the sales pitch of, you know, evangelizing right away, being like, just, we want to get the message out there immediately, yeah. but saying instead, let's start with just getting you in the door, coming to an event yeah. and then come to this event, maybe get plugged into a group and then get plugged into a group and, and breaking it down so that they're much more attainable steps as opposed to, you know, not yeah. standing on the street corner with like a, a poster board saying, repent. Yeah, it, that it, is a form of marketing. <laughs> it is a form of marketing. It's a form of marketing. It well, is not very effective. 
Yeah, th there's this principle of taking the next right step. Yes. If you see, you probably get all kinds of emails from people saying, hey, sub subscribe to this yeah. or join the newsletter or um, engage with us on Instagram. They're not necessarily trying to get you to buy a product yet. They they just want you to take the next step because yeah. they know once they they and this is where strategy comes in place of they know if they if they can get you to take that next step, you're gonna start to see them more often. And once uh -huh. you start to see them more often, you're gonna start to learn a little bit more and actually believe and what they're saying to you, them. which which yeah. which leads to the ultimate goal, which for us as ministry leaders, we we know the ultimate goal is 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 faith in Jesus. Right. But but sometimes what it takes to get there is I, I can't get them right there right away. Yeah. Maybe that has to start with engaging yes. with us on Instagram. Yeah. You're going to see us post about our, our service. Yeah. Come to service. Then it, it leads to those so next steps. So it's not changing the goal, but it's adding more attainable steps to get to that goal ultimately. So the goal is still faith in Jesus, but we're just adding little marketing steps yeah. to get to that. Place. And be, Yeah. And being intentional about which steps yeah. you want somebody to take. Yeah. What's most helpful. As long as you're creating value for people and your messaging, you're going to create trust for them. And yeah. that trust is ultimately going to lead to them showing up to our, in quote, unquote, our point of sale, which would be, you know, faith in Christ at some point, but we've got to create, we can create value long before they ever show up to anything. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's important for us to learn how to do. And trust. I think that was important. Mm -hmm. That's a good word to kind of use. That's going to cause us to have more influence, the more trust that we develop with our 100%. Audience. I think one of the most practical things, um, at uh, Transit, which is our middle school ministry at North Point, one of the coolest things I feel like I learned when I moved down here to work there is, you know, most youth ministries make t-shirts for events. I wouldn't mm -hmm. say all because mm -hmm. I know not everybody is financially in a place where they can do that, but there's a reason t-shirt businesses are taken off, right? Because t-shirt right. marketing is a real thing. And so what I thought was so unique about the way that the strategy behind how they do their t-shirts is they typically don't put the name of any events or camps on their shirt. It's always just transit. Okay. And they always make sure the quality is awesome. The vibe of it is awesome. So kids would wear it and not feel like it looks like a church shirt. And it's not associated with a camp or a, a year that gets outdated so fast. And so the students start to wear transit shirts. It's the one thing that's the one message that's constantly be going to be put in front of their friends and yes. their family members. Yeah. And that's what people start to build trust towards yeah. is transit. And then transit has an event, but it's not the event necessarily that gains followers as it's much as ministry. it's, yeah. yeah. So that's I thought great. that was really unique. I love that. Okay. So just, I'm going to speak on behalf of the student pastors who are listening. This sounds like it would take a lot of time and money to <laughs> do all of this. So what do you do if you have a small budget and it's you you're the volunteer student pastor, or you're just the only person on staff. How do you do this? I would start, and this is this is a really hard answer to actually implement. But just just start by changing the way you think about it. Of if you can think about those two things of one, how am I being generous, mm -hmm. and then two, how am I how am I thinking through this lens of someone else other than me and serving their needs, not mm -hmm. mine. I think if we can start to change the way we think about that, we're going to have impact. Because again, I I really think we're already doing a lot of these things, but. Yeah. Some of them we don't know we're doing, and some of them we don't know why we're doing. Yeah. So if we can get kind of handles around that, I think it's going to start to change the way we talk, which eventually we hope to lead yeah. to more impact. Yeah, I would say you need to do something. Yeah. And obviously we're having this whole podcast because you need to do something. Yeah. But most of the time, I think we just need to shift the way that we look at our week and look at our hours and what we spend them on. Yeah. I think if you just begin to say, you know what, I'm going to spend starting this week two hours of my week on some sort of digital messaging. Yeah. 
what the messaging is, what the felt need is going to be. Is this going to be an email to parents? Is this going to be an email to kids? Is this going to be, you know, four social posts that I'm going to put on Instagram? Whatever it is, I think you just need to start looking at small ways to spend a couple of different hours on marketing every week and yeah. begin to build that into your yeah. weekly schedule. That's good. I think it was Josh Griffin. I'm going to credit this to him. <laughs> He's going to love this. But I think it was him who said um, that in order to make time every day, which is really hard to set aside time, but he, he set aside time like every time he goes to the bathroom because you go to the bathroom every day that he sits down on the toilet and that's when he engages. We've gone too far. Is, is this going to make its way into the show notes? Yeah. That's when he engages Can on social just... media and that's how he found the time. Hopefully that was Josh Griffin. If not, sorry, man. That's but. Good. <laughs> Dude, that dude is super busy if his only time <laughs> is on the toilet. Okay. Um, but that was how he got it into his routine. Okay. Um, <laughs> Baby steps. It's good. Um, not everything about marketing has to cost money. Yeah. And that's, that's the point. joy of social media right. is that it is free. Yeah. But even like giveaways are a huge thing, okay. you know, for quote marketing to mm -hmm. like get them to sign up early for something or get them to come yeah. to something, which I know is like a, is kind of a tension. It's like, are you, you know, manipulating right. them to come because you're offering a free PlayStation or right. do they want to actually be there? But you can give away things for free. If you have $0 in your budget, mm -hmm. you can give away things for free that don't cost you any money. Right. Like, for example, set aside a VIP section in your space mm -hmm. and whoever, whatever, they get to sit there. And or it's, you know, if you're going to a camp, they get to pick what color team they're going to be on or who they're going to yeah. room with at the camp yeah. or who they're going to sit with on the bus. Like they get you, you can give away things without it costing you money. Yeah. That's good. Um, and the last thing I was going to say is um, I run a nonprofit with zero dollars for a marketing budget. Mm -hmm. And I also have negative hours yeah. to give towards <laughs> more marketing right. for yeah. this organization. She's actually tweeting as she says yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. Multitasking. Yeah. Right? You can gain some more hours, I've heard, if you'll just do it on the toilet. <laughs> Apparently it stuck with it's me. So whatever. <laughs> but find someone who will volunteer to help you do yeah. that. Because yeah. there are people, especially younger people, and I know that can be scary, like yeah. trusting your social media account and posts yeah. to somebody who's younger. But I mean, for our organization, we have a team of five people yeah. who all together have to take different portions of what marketing and engagement on right. social media looks like from images to what time is it being posted to, right. you know, yeah. responding to anyone who makes a comment on your post right. and put a team together who can help you market using yeah. all the social media platforms you'll need. And maybe you have one person whose specialty is marketing to parents and one yeah. to marketing to small group leaders and one to the marketing towards students. Yeah. And together you come up with a plan, but you don't have to do it all on your own. You, you can't. Yeah. You cannot do a great job leveraging social media by yourself. I think yeah. that's super encouraging for a youth pastor to hear that they don't need to feel the entire weight of this on them, that they can pass some of it off. That's good. Okay, so as we kind of wrap up today, I would love to hear one piece of final advice from each of you on what you would tell a youth pastor who's just kind of getting their toes wet in this marketing thing and student ministry. 
I mean, I think a simple one is just get a couple books to start mm-hmm. and just to get your mind around some of this stuff. Donald Miller's book, if you haven't read Story Brand, is really good. Seth Godin's book, This Is Marketing, mm-hmm. that is a really good start. And I think as you read those, you're going to begin to see immediately some amazing uh, potential yeah. that it can help your student ministries. That's good. At Orange Students, we offer something free on YouTube called the Social Media Minute. Um, our friend Dave Adamson has has put together some incredible short sound bites for us that help you just take like bite-sized chunks mm-hmm. into this whole marketing world and help you think about one thing at a time yeah. and one step at a time. And once you kind of have a plan in place, go to the next one. We'll put the link in the show notes. Great. I love that. Yeah, and I, I'm a big I'm a big podcast fan. So I know I know you mentioned Donald Miller's Story Brand. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got a podcast that I think is really really excellent, and mm-hmm. it's good. It, it's kind of it's challenging because you, you take these concepts and you have to interpret them for youth ministry. Yeah. But that that's what everybody's already doing as a marketer. Everybody's yeah. job is to interpret something that they hear into how that what that means for them. Um, so in youth ministry, we kind of do the same thing of saying, how does, how does this idea translate to where I'm at? Yeah. And I think if you can become a student of some of these ideas, it's really only going to make you better. Yeah. But, but really we've been kind of entrusted with something big and that's the message of the gospel. And when, yeah. when we market what we're, what we're trying to do and whether you call it marketing, whether you call it communication, whether you call it evangelism, what you're trying to do is make an idea clear to somebody. Yeah. And so it's a really big task, but I think it's a really exciting task because yeah. as we dig in and as we start to learn more about it, we're actually learning better ideas about how to influence somebody to take the next step or to communicate idea in a clear way. Yeah. So that can be really exciting to us as well. Yeah. Great it's really, yeah. it's an invitation for them to be part of something and you're just yeah. clearing the way for the invitation to be open yeah. to right. them, you know? Yeah. One last thing practically would be um, to start to put together a team of people yeah. that might be able to help you in this area. So look at, and the way to do that, I would say your first step would be look at all of your volunteers yeah. or their parents or yeah. someone in your church who uses a social media platform that you think that teenagers would be part of or parents or whoever it is you're trying to reach and look at how they engage with people and what they're doing and start having conversations with them about it. They might have no idea that there is a need an opportunity for them to do something they're so passionate about for a ministry. Yeah. That's great. I love ending on that. I think that's some practical handlebars, but also, again, just that big picture idea of what we're talking about. We're talking about marketing. This is not, you know, a scary or slimy thing that we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you so much for joining us for the Rethinking Youth Ministry Podcast. And thank you guys for sharing your thoughts, experiences, and expertise. The conversation doesn't have to stop here. We'd love to hear how you're marketing your ministry and what's working for you. And the best way is to join the conversation in our Facebook group. Just search Orange Students on Facebook or visit our show notes at rethinkingym.org for a link. That's also where you can find links to everything we've mentioned here. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.